0: So I'd like to speak tonight on who's looking, who's looking, and that's our seventh installment in the summer breakthrough, who's looking, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I'd like to look at three things dealing with who's looking. I'd like to deal with the blood, the cross, and the resurrection. Who's looking at the blood? Who's looking at the cross? And who's looking at the resurrection? So, A teacher was going to explain evolution to the children. You never know what kids are being taught in school. I mean, read the news. But anyway, the teacher asked a little boy, Tommy, do you see the tree outside? Tommy said, yes. Teacher said, Tommy, do you see the grass outside? Tommy said, yes. Man, this is easy, right? Getting an A on the test. Teacher, Tommy, go outside and look up and see if you can see the sky. So Tommy runs outside, comes back. A few minutes later after stopping at the bathroom, right? Yes, I saw the sky. And then the teacher said, Tommy, did you see God? And Tommy kind of furred his brow and said, no. And the teacher addressed the class and said, that's my point we can't see god because he isn't there he doesn't exist so a little girl kind of scratched her head and then her eyes came open she said i see it now i see it i think i see it now yes i do i get it could i ask tommy some questions teacher and the teacher said yes little girl you can ask tommy some questions too the little girl said tommy did you see the tree outside and tommy said yes The little girl said, Tommy, did you see the grass outside? And now Tommy's like, Yes, I saw the grass. The little girl said, Tommy, did you see the sky? And Tommy said, Yes. And the little girl said, Tommy, do you see the teacher? And Tommy said, Yes. And the little girl said, Tommy, do you see her brain? Tommy said, No. And the little girl said, then according to what we were taught today in school, she must not have one. <laughs> Who's looking? I did that one time. And to this Marine I was trying to witness to. He didn't come to church, right? But I was about his brain. But anyway, so there is a God. And he exists. And heaven is not a cloud, okay? It's a place. There's the throne room. God's seated on a throne because he has a body. Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God in a throne, which is like a chair in a body. When he rose from the dead bodily, he told the disciples, he said, handle me. I'm flesh and bones. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones like you have me see. And he ate before them. And it wasn't like a ghost where it just kind of like plunked down out of his body. He has a physical, resurrected, body. And that's what you and I are going to have when we get to heaven. We're not going to be like clouds floating around. I'm going to be eating some good food. I wonder if they have Starbucks in heaven. You won't need it to wake up. You just drink it for fun, like above the Starbucks or something like that. I don't know. But so who's looking? And that's really what God has been laid on, our, laid on our heart today. And I, I was uh, sharing with uh, actually the Velez, Sister Velez, my wife and I were there and we were talking about uh, Genesis chapter nine. Remember the rainbow? And I posed the question because I just heard it. I, I said, who is the rainbow for? And who, is it, who is supposed to see the rainbow? And it's like, well, we were. You know, It's, the, it's the, the covenant that God put there after Noah came to the other side of the flood, right? We're all taught that in school. And it was so that God would, he gave a token of his covenant that he would no longer destroy the earth. And when you see that rainbow, you're reminded I know that other people claim the rainbow too, but God got it first. So, sorry, first firsties, okay? And I will establish my covenant, Genesis chapter 9, starting in verse 11, with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood, neither shall there be any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all For perpetual generations. I do set my bow, that's the rainbow, in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Now listen to this, because this was like an eye-opener. Have you ever read the Bible, then you read it again, you're like, who put that in there? That was not in there before, okay? So Genesis 9 and 16, we're dealing with who's looking. What's the rainbow for? Well, it's for us to see. Yes, but no. It's for God to see. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 16. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and this is the Lord speaking, and I... Will look upon it. Did you ever read that before? Huh? What? Remember different strokes? What you talking about, Willis? You remember that? That I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. Huh? Well, then you go all the way up to heaven in Revelation chapter four, and what do you see? Revelation chapter four and chap- uh, verse two and three. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne that was set in heaven and one sat upon the throne. That's the the ultimate destination of every Christian is the throne room. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about rainbows are circles, right? They're not like just a half circle. That's just all we can see because of the curvature of the earth. I'm not a scientist, okay? But there's one up in heaven and it's a full circle, right? And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Cool stuff. God is reminded constantly of his covenant, not just by the rainbows down here, but by the one up there. So John saw the rainbow once. We read about it, but God looks at it every day. So who's looking? And really, if you want to change your life, we need constant reminders of the things that we want in our mind. And so people, what do they do? They put reminders on their phone. They put older, if you're old school, you have note cards. In fact, I've got a note card right here. Now, it's two note cards because it got wet, right? But I use note cards, and there's note cards. My wife buys me stacks of them. What do you do? Put things that you want to remind on the note card. So I want to look at three things, and who's looking at these three things? First of all, I want to talk about the blood. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 that... He endured the cross. He suffered and shed his blood, the first thing. The blood, well, who looks at the blood, preacher? The blood, now we just talked about the rainbow, right? The blood is for God to see. No, 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 preacher, that's not right. The blood is primarily for God to look at. And I'm going to explain this. The most famous verse of scripture is in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13, when the Hebrews were instructed to put blood of the Passover lamb on the sides and the top of their door. So well, the preacher, why didn't they put the bl- No way. Way. Oh, praise God. Hi. <laughs> God bless you. Traffic, sorry, you know, you're here. Praise it. God. And you're on the radio and all over the place. So, Amen. amen. <laughs> And I'm just going to say, I know we're in Bible study, but happy birthday. So, I mean, that's her actual birthday. So, praise God. The Bible says that the blood is primarily, we're dealing with who's looking. The blood is for God to see. So, when the Hebrews, or the Jews in Egypt put the blood of the Passover land on the, doors, the door top and the sides... But not on the ground. Why? They weren't going to walk over the blood. They weren't going to disrespect. They weren't going to walk over the sacrifice. And then God said, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And notice, when who sees the blood? When Pharaoh sees the blood? When you see the blood? Brethren, they didn't see the blood. It was outside the door. They had to be inside the house. God said, When I see the blood i will pass over that's what they call it the passover god's wrath passed over israel because he saw the blood of the passover lamb. now the blood puts us in good standing with god you know this is essential to understanding the work of christ on the cross i've never seen the blood of jesus it's only by the word of God that I'm told of its value. You know, the most important thing in my life, the most valuable thing in my life is the blood of Jesus Christ. Because nothing else is going to satisfy God's payment for sin. Nothing. Not a billion dollars. But if I had a billion dollars, then you'd be going to hell with a billion dollars. Okay, You need the precious, it's called precious blood. And, you know, some the, only by the word of God do I know how precious it is. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Now, most people wouldn't call those corruptible things, but they can mar, right? Have you ever had silver get all dull and you have to shine it up? And it can canker and it can... Uh, uh, you know, uh, it can uh, get marred in its value and its look. But the Bible says, but with the precious, I like that, blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You know, it's important to realize, you see, God needs to see the blood because God doesn't overlook sin. God's not like, oh, you're good. No, God doesn't say that. So, well, God, forgive me. Oh, no, you're good. No. When we ask for forgiveness, we need to pay. Okay? He said, well, I know the owner. I'm good with God. No, there's none of that. Okay? Sin must be paid for. He's a merciful God, but he's also a God of justice. So, otherwise, he wouldn't be a just God. If he didn't judge sin, he wouldn't be a just God. He would be a God that let people commit crimes and not do anything about it. But God, when his son went to the cross and shed his blood... He satisfied that he was a merciful God, but a just God. So, God does not look over what we have done. Well, what does God do? God sees the blood. The blood that Jesus shed on the cross. When you confess Jesus Christ, you're confessing the blood. If you ever get messed up in your life and you do things that aren't right before God, how do you get back with God? Oh, preacher, but we're just once saved, always saved. Brethren, don't go to sin with that doctrine. Don't go to hell with that doctrine, okay? So Judas was saved? Right, because once saved, always saved. He was a disciple. No. How about the devil? The devil used to be right with God. So he's always saved, right? Of course not. I mean, that makes no sense. If we, the Bible said he's holy, harmless, and separate from sinners, but if we get messed up with God, and there's been times I've come down to an altar and you just plead the blood of Jesus. I was like, that's all that I can take to God. That's all that God wants, but that's all that we need. Because God sees, I feel the presence of God right now, but God sees the blood. God sees the blood. You'll never see the blood, but God sees the blood. And that's why John the Baptist, when he saw, make sure I'm not pointing at anyone here, but he saw Jesus and he said, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. You see, when they had an atonement day in Leviticus chapter 16, they would sacrifice for the sins of the high priest. And that would be done in the court and they'd sacrifice all. And everyone would see that. But the blood of the sacrifice that went into the holy place, do you know that nobody went in there except the high priest? Nobody saw that blood. And they could not go into the holy place Without the blood. I remember one preacher, he he, he, he he pretended like he was lifting up the curtain and putting the blood under there. They didn't want the high priest. They wanted the blood. God wanted to see the blood that nobody else saw. The blood is for God to see. Do you know that the high priest's garment had bells on it? It sounds like a girl's garment, right? It's like, bells? I would not wear that. Why did the man have bells on the, on the hem of his garment? So that when he went in to minister, there was nowhere to sit in the holy place. There was nowhere. Just the altar, uh, the, the, the ark was in there. There was nowhere to sit, okay? Because the work was never done for the high priest. He had to go every year on the day of atonement and atone for the sins of the people. And this we're getting to the next thing, the cross. But uh, they would hear the bells jingling when the priest was working. And what happened if the priest's bells stopped jingling? Oh, we'll just go get him out. He'd be struck dead if you went in there and you weren't the high priest. So they would tie like a rope or to his ankle or something, and they would just pull the dude out. Rough. I mean, you've got to make sure you're right with God, right? You like can't fake that, right? Like, fake it till you make it. No. <laughs> bells are going to stop ringing, right? So, but... We don't see the blood, but that foreshadowing of going into that holy place is what Christ did on the cross. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11 and 12, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle made not with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So when Jesus' blood was shed on the cross, you know what happened with that veil of that temple? The Bible says it was rent, which means it was torn. Now, this was a big, huge, thick curtain. You can do some research. It took multitudes of people to lift it up and hang it, and it was ripped from the top to the bottom. The very hands of God tore it open. Why? Because no longer could only one person approach God. You don't need a priest anymore. Because the blood of Jesus went in and opened up access for you and for me to God. Because God saw the blood. I, you know, maybe that today we can get a new appreciation for the blood of Jesus Christ. Because if we walk in the light as he is in the light, you can have confidence. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. But I don't see it. But I'm told by the word of God, and I trust and have faith in the blood. The Bible said in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. So the blood is for Jesus to see. Uh, There was a a writer, a Christian writer named Watchman Nee. Now that's N-E-E, right? It's not K-N-E-E, right? But Watchman Nee is Chinese. And he said, the blood is for what we have done. And that's for our forgiveness. But next, the cross is for what we are. That's deliverance. We need deliverance. See, the blood deals with sin, but the cross deals with the Sinner. I remember, so the blood is for God to see, the cross is for us to see. Man, I hope some of this makes sense because if, if it does, it'll really be a blessing to you. I, I remember reading an illustration. I really like Starbucks, okay? So I've read some books by the, the founder, uh, Howard Schultz, the founder. And uh, I was reading that in Starbucks, you know, there's spills, you know, you have spills in restaurants and people keep cleaning them up. Maybe it's your house, you know what that's like, right? Well, in their fia- in their uh, business, they began to realize, we don't need to just clean up the spills. We need to go a step further. We need to find out why we're having spills. You know, maybe the thing's like too close to the edge. You know, after your kid spills it 15 times, you're like, ha-ha, a sippy cup with a lid, you know, preventing the spill. You know, or just maybe no more red Kool-Aid. My mom used to dress me in... Clothes that matched what I was drinking. So if I was drinking red Kool-Aid, I would wear a red shirt. Smart mom, okay? Well, the cross is there. The blood is to clean up the spill, okay? To forgive us, to get forgiveness of our sins. That's what the blood is there for. The cross goes a step further, and the cross is for us to see. And if you look behind me, there's a cross. You can't see it on the recording, but there's a cross in our church. The Bible says... In 1 Corinthians, chapter 1 and verse 17 and 18. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. The cross is what people preach from the pulpit because the cross, see, the blood cleans up the spills, but that's for God to see. You know what the cross is? The cross goes a step further, right? The cross is to stop the spills from happening. You know, someone said, during a test, have you ever taken a test? People look up for inspiration. People look down in desperation. People look left and right for information. (laughs) (laughs) But the cross is information for us. Paul said in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 and 15, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. See, what's the way out of sin? Say, preacher, but there's so much temptation. Wasn't there a rap song that said something like, I could just kill a man. Okay? Well, death is the way out of temptation. Paul said, I am, he didn't say I'm crucified myself. He said, I'm crucified with christ's crucifixion that happened two thousand years ago the way out of sin is death you see the old man needs to be crucified the problem is not just the blood you see we need more than the blood said preacher more than the blood see the blood will forgive you of your sins but what about tomorrow so i'm just going to go back and sin again you see the blood also needs the cross It's not just the forgiveness of His blood, but the cross will destroy our old spiritual DNA. You're not just like your daddy, Adam, or your mama, Eve, anymore. You're like your heavenly Father, the Lord. You have the Spirit of God. You are, Jesus said, I call you friends. We are made joint heirs with Christ He's like our brother, and God has given us a new inheritance. Why? We've been adopted into a new family. You know, you ever like, hey, Mr. Gates, would you like to adopt me? Why? He's a billionaire who runs Microsoft, right? But you know why? It's in a new family, and you're given an inheritance from your new father. So the only way out of sin is death. I'm running out of time, but let me just quote this. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 6, and ver- starting in verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man, that's not our dad, right? My old man, my dad was crucified, right? You've got to be careful if you say that in the South. They might think something bad happened to pops, right? But this is talking about our old nature. Is crucified with who? Him, Christ. That the body of sin might be destroyed that's power i don't know if people might say well you have to sin every day i don't find that in the word of god i find i see the cross that gives me victory from sin man if i have to sin every day i was throwing out some beer not from my house okay it was an overflow i live in an apartment it was in the dumpster but it was out of the dumpster and someone was throwing out full bottles of corona and i was like huh that's what i used to drink and my daughter's like what's that And I said, well, it looks like pee and it tastes like pee, honey. I mean, that's really basically it. But you know what? But were you tempted? No! I actually quit drinking before I got saved, okay? But because the cross just crucified that old man. So that's gonna. Do we have to edit that? No, that's not. That's not bad. So we're not gonna edit it anyway. Just have at it, man. People live real why don't we preach real amen Amen. but i just threw it out there and that's where it should go i don't think they need a bunch of more laws if people don't want it anymore guess what it's not going to make any money so but the bible says that he that is dead is freed from sin now if we be dead with christ we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion unto him. And then it goes down, verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He despised the cross, but the cross was what we see, and the cross is our power. And you know what? Maybe as a Christian, no one's ever told you you can claim the power of the cross, that you don't have to yield to the flesh, because you know what? You don't have to fight the flesh. You just have to say, I'm dead in Christ. You can't tempt a dead man, okay? You can't tempt a dead woman. There ain't nothing there, and I'm crucified with Christ. Paul said, nevertheless, I live. Galatians chapter two and verse 20. I got like two minutes, okay? Give me two minutes on the resurrection. What's the resurrection for? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse verse two that he sat at the right hand of God. The resurrection is for the world to see. The blood is for God to see. The cross is for us to see. The resurrection is for the world to see. You know, people are looking for a role model. Like one man said, "Yeah." People keep telling me it's weird, but I look up to the Pillsbury Doughboy. Why? Because he's a great role model, right? So, but people are looking for someone to look up to. The Bible said that I may know him and the power of his. Resurrection. You see, when you have the blood that God sees in your life, and you have the cross that you can see in your life, and you're not running around the way you used to because the cross you've crucified those old sins in Christ and they're gone, and you have a new spiritual inheritance, then you begin to walk, the Bible says, in newness of life. Like that crippled man, he began walking and leaping and praising God. And this, this wasn't a church service like, oh, wow, he got excited. No, he had a new life and a new power source. And it said all the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God. And you know what? They had questions about this God that could give you a new walk. And when, when people see differences in a Christian, it's like, hey, where do you go to church? <laughs> Why? Because they see a difference in your life. There's a joy in you that I don't see, and what they're saying is, quotes, you know, in quotes, in myself. I need this reality, what is that? The resurrection. So I'm out of time, but let me just share this with you. I kind of ran out, I got a bunch more in here, but but we walk after the spirit, right? Well, you know what that means? In subjection. When you have the resurrection, you walk, it's Romans chapter eight and verse four, who walk not after the flesh, You know, the temptation is still there, but I just choose to walk after the Spirit. And the Bible says that this is what other people see. There's churches on every corner. Why is our country in a mess? Because it's not the amount of churches, it's the newness of life that people need to see. They need to see Christians being Christians. Just be a Christian. Be who God made you to be, and the world will change. And then the Bible, uh, well, I'm out of time, so this... uh, I was on a ship like Brother Jonas, but I was on a ship for six months, twice. And uh, we had a Bible study, and there was another Christian from another unit. I was in the military, and he was from another unit. And we were on this big troop ship, and uh, we said goodbye to one another. We were in—there's no privacy on a ship, right? So people were walking back and forth, and we were in what's called a passageway uh, uh, hallway, Okay? And people were walking. And so we just kind of held each other's hands like, you know, like a bro, like shaking hands. And we just kind of knelt our heads and prayed. Like, you know, God bless us until we meet again kind of prayer. It's the blessing. And so I went my way and he went his way. And a guy came up to me and he said, was that you praying, you know, in public? <gasps> That's what he said though. He said, Was that you that I saw praying? And you never know what you're gonna catch in the military, because people mock you in a heartbeat, okay? But I said, I said, yes, it was. And explained what was going on. And he goes, Can I talk to you? Uh, you know, in so many words, and so we went and found a private place as you could, and this man recommitted his life to Christ. It wasn't long. Why? He didn't see the blood, he didn't see the cross. You know what he saw? He saw the resurrection. He saw someone who was living it far away from, you know, anybody, far away from civilization. The reality of Christ found him on a ship. And you know that God will find people through you, through the resurrection. So don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. Who's looking? God, us, and everyone else. Let's uh, dismiss in prayer. God bless you is our prayer. Come Thursday, we're going to talk about getting out of that comfort zone and witnessing. And we're going to sing happy birthday to sister Sandy T for reals. Amen. Okay. God bless you. our prayer.